to um, hear what you have to say, Lord. Give us attentive ears and, and softened hearts that we might be able to hear and understand your holy word. We know this word is sent to us uh, to bring power into our lives, power to live for you, overcome all of the things that hinder our life or success in life. And so we honor you and thank you. We love you for the fact that you have given us your word that we might be able to have fruit and success in everything we do in Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. So uh, today we're going to talk about your assignment in the earth. Your assignment in the earth. Your assignment in the earth. In Romans chapter 12. The, the, Paul is talking about just living for God and, and this is the, the uh, greatest, really the greatest success move you can have is success in God. Now I know we have a lot of success teachers and trainers out there, success motivators and um, who is that guy Tony Robbins, he's got people walking through fire now getting sued. You know, if you if God is not the center of it, you can wind up failing or in a lawsuit or doing something off the rails. Now, many times people like that are looking for new worlds to conquer. Uh, but if he hasn't conquered life in Christ, I got news for him. There's more to come, buddy. You don't have to walk through fire. You can you can find God. Uh, but you know, there's all kinds of talk about success. Now people now are selling volumes of motivational tapes and CDs and got people listening to their teachings and uh, you'll find people that have a little bit of success and blow it up real big through a tape or or a tour. You know they go on tour and want to have all these seminars and stuff where they teach people how to be successful. I look at some of the people who are involved in uh, some of the uh, businesses that we see. You know people can get involved in there's Amway there's uh, Mary Kay there's you know for women there are all kinds of things and everybody's trying to be the top dog huh they tell you you know aim for the stars shoot for the maximum but there's only so many top dogs you know (laughs) I remember uh, I, I, I just these words just really really stuck with me I was watching a uh, special. Anybody remember Bill Withers, the singer? Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what did he sing? Well, I can't sing. Yeah, there you go. That's a that's a good one, Miss Jackie. Because I was going to say something else. Uh, lead on me. That now. That's what I'm looking for. Amen. Because I was going to say something else. All right. I. But uh, yeah, that saved me from having to. But uh, it, many people don't know but as a child he stuttered because he he was so skilled and I think he, would he play the guitar or something like that he played an instrument and he sang he composed songs he was so gifted but he he um he stuttered as a child and so uh, in this special I saw him it was recent you know like in the last five years it caught up with him in his later life and he pretty much walked away from the entertainment industry uh, and you know he does a few things here and there he gets a lot of royalties and so he lives a very simple life and he says you know every now and then somebody will come up to me and say why don't you get started in your career again uh, said uh they said you can be phenomenal again 
And we just see it in you. All you got to do is come in the studio. We'll hook you up. We'll get you booked up and all of that. And he said, well, you know what? He said, that sounds good. He said, phenomenal is wonderful. He said, but just remember this. He said, on your way to phenomenal, you're going to pass a place called Just Right. He said, and get comfortable there. He said, because that may be your resting place. You may not make it to phenomenal, but you can make it to just right. You know what I'm saying? He said, don't kill yourself trying to be phenomenal. And I think about that many, many times because many times, and even in the church, we promise ourselves all these wonderful, wonderful things. Many of them are God-ordained. Many of them God speaks to us. But I think I remember the Apostle Paul saying, he said, I've learned to be content in whatever state I'm in. He said, if, if I've got abounding things, I know how to enjoy that. He said, if I have very, very little, I know how to enjoy that. And so I think that's really the, the gist of life. You know, and success really means having that contentment in God and having that place God where you know what you're here for you're doing what he ordained you to do and you've reached a place of it's just right you know what I'm saying and so and so God has ordained a life for us here he's ordained a, a, a plan for our lives and he has assigned us certain work to do while we're here on earth man was placed in the garden to work he was created to work because God works God enjoys working God gets pleasure out of working and man is created in his image with the same ability. So in Romans chapter 12, Paul is telling the the Christians here to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God to God, which is reasonable. He he purchased us with his own blood, and so we owe him the sacrifice of our lives in service to him and he tells us not to be conformed to this world so when we talk about success as Christians we have to qualify that not worldly success or success in the eyes of the way the world sees it but I think success in operating in and completing your assignment in God that he has given you to complete down here on the earth and he says be transformed by the renewing of your mind in other words the practice that we have of meditating on the word and and prayer on a regular basis filling ourselves with the knowledge of God and operating in that knowledge that's what he's talking about here verse 3 it says for I say through the grace given to me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think don't put yourself down either that's not of God but to think soberly you know look in the word and see what God says about you and be sober about that you know, I, I'm on Facebook. I like being on there. I put the word on there and run. You know, let's see who grabs it. And I like a lot of likes, but I realize I just have to do my, my posting by faith and not get moved. I see some people on there. I say, how did I get 600 likes on that? Name the three words on there and no scripture. You know what I'm saying? Well, anyway, you know, you like what you like, but anyhow. But, you know, I'm on there and everybody's an apostle, everybody's a prophet, everybody's giving words here and giving words there. 
that's not sober thinking if you ask me you understand what I'm saying if God's not giving that to you now I'm a prophet and he seldom gives me words for people over there and he's on there and he seldom gives me to address it I don't know who this is for you know people put that I don't know who this is for like they're looking at a crystal ball or something you know it's for you <laughs> but you know everybody's got a title on there anymore uh, you know and I, I went on there one day and they uh, Facebook said uh, we want you to uh, uh, what they say uh, confirm your identity so they ask you to put your driver's license on there. And all of a sudden, all the apostles and prophets was just Joe, Jane. Because <laughs> what's on your driver's license is, well, I guess Facebook got sick of all them apostles and prophets too. So God said, I'll fix this. Uh, everybody's on there just Joe, just like I call you, Jane or Bobby or whoever it is. So everybody's titles dropped in one day. But that's sober thinking. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm told by people who have visited heaven, God will take you up and bring you back or take you up and keep you. But they say that in heaven people preach just like they did on earth. They still have the ministry gift office that they had. So I always say preachers never retire. The devil doesn't retire. So we can't retire. But even in heaven we'll have that same identity. And I think that's that's pretty cool. I was really really kind of concerned about being unemployed <laughs> no <laughs> no unemployment in heaven I'm sure but the, he warns us not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think why because whether you're accomplished or not you have a tendency and pride to honor yourself a little too much sometimes and so Paul's telling us warning us against that as believers but to think soberly and this is why he says according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith he has given that to every person that was ever born and it's called the measure not your measure as yours might be more than someone else's or someone else's more than yours but the measure so it appears that everybody has the same amount of faith or I want to call it the right amount of faith so in any endeavor that you go into you go into it with the right amount of faith you're not shortened in any way you're not overly given something for some reason you know uh, God you know we used to say make jokes in the family uh, you know what you got in the hip line twice you went through that you know <laughs> sometimes you're a little more flowing than others are or you got in the brain line twice you know they used to tell me that you know and, and so you have to have that understanding that we're all that faith levels the playing field when it comes to what really is important to God we all have the accurate measure because faith levels the playing field nobody has an advantage over the other person faith wise now we see a parable in the Bible about talents but talents ain't faith talents are abilities gifts and 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 the like you know uh, things that that kind of click on the inside of you things that are easy for you to accomplish we we chalk that up to being a gift or a talent 
And so when you're gifted in certain ways, faith still has to be applied to the gift or it's not going to work. And so faith really is the the equalizing thing for everybody. So God has decided how much faith to give each person. He gives us all the same. So he can't say he's more heavily invested in some than others from from the giddy up. He always has us starting out in the same way. So our faith is assigned to us for a reason. And the reason God assigns faith to us is so that we can have success in this life and we can enter into eternal life. That's God's ultimate for everybody. The Bible says it's not his will for anybody to perish, nobody to go to hell, but that everybody come to repentance, that is understand what sin is and be godly sorrowful about it and allow God to to wash you clean of that so you can be born again and enter into God's kingdom. That's what he wants for everybody. That's why he saves us and leaves us here. You ever wonder why you didn't go get saved and go right up to heaven? It's because you got work to do. <laughs> In other words, you can just get started. <laughs> the day of your salvation is the day you just get started. That's why we call it being born again. You're like a brand new person. Never been here before. No priors, no arrest record, amen. Nobody nobody looking for you from the end. Huh? <laughs> I remember people would, would say things like, uh, Ooh, I was so glad when I got saved because I owed everybody. I owed a dope man, I owed landlord, I owed everybody, everybody. And God kind of kept them in a place where they didn't run into people. Uh, how cool is that? So you get involved in a witness protection program when you get born again. It's wonderful. Amen. It's wonderful. I can remember looking at people that I'd known back in the day and they were so glad to see me. Never brought up my priors. You know. Never brought up my old record. So it was all good. So his forgiveness is real. Well we're forgiven. We are forgiven and cleansed. It's all removed. So it's a good thing. And so when you start out with faith in God you get a brand new start on everything amen a brand new start on everything I know when I was in the world I tried so many different professions and so many had so many different jobs and never liked any of them I couldn't understand why I thought it was something wrong with me I just hadn't found the Lord yet I wasn't supposed to be doing all that stuff you know I mean and I was don't get me wrong now I was good at what I did now I was a nurse. <laughs> I was so bad. I remember working nights. They only let me work nights like two times. Both times they, the day nurse woke me up, I was sleeping somewhere in an empty room. It was it was really sad and tragic both at the same time. But when I was awake, I was a nurse. I was shown up a nurse. Anyhow, but uh, you know, and and so finally, God, I met the Lord, and I found out what I was really ordained to do. And I haven't tried to do anything else since then, folks. That's been over thirty, close to thirty-five years ago. So it, it's a good one. It's more than thirty-five. I can't. I can't lie about my salvation age. God always gets me. But the other one, I won't tell about it. But anyway, so God, God, God has assigned faith to us for a reason. He has invested faith in us. 
So our faith investment, God is looking to get paid off for that. He wants something in return for everything that he's placed in us. Faith levels the playing field, as we said. We have different gifts. We have different talents, interests, and abilities. We have different looks and personalities. The list goes on and on, but our measure of faith is equal. And why is that? The measure of faith equalizes all things. That makes everybody equal in God's eyes. You know, you can say you're at a disadvantage because you're not as tall as somebody. Or somebody who is tall feels at a disadvantage because they can't just go and buy something off the rack. You know, not that I would ever recommend it. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) you know, if you can get custom, get custom. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, we have all these varying ideas about ourselves. You know, and you look in the mirror over a period of years. You don't like the nose. You don't like the this. You don't like the that. Some days you like it. But you that means nothing to God. Your looks are given to you for a reason that only God knows. I'm going to ask him one day. But you know he, he knows how he created it. And you know everybody looks at color. That's not a big deal anymore. People aren't hung up on color. Thank God for that. Because God has, a, has to have a way of telling us apart. He can't make us all look just alike. He never. You know what I'm saying. I mean. You know, God has his reasons for these things. And so when God gives us these differences, it is not because one thing means more to another than another to him. God doesn't like red skin better than white skin, better than brown skin, better than black skin. He just has no favorites. He created them all in his love. And he loves everything that he creates. And God wants to transfer that idea onto us, onto humanity. So that we can learn to love ourselves and love others who are different from us. But God gives us that measure of faith so that we can accomplish his purpose in the earth. Faith is the engine that makes the rest of what God gave us usable. Faith is the engine that makes the rest of what God gave us usable. In other words, your gifts, your talents, your abilities work better if they're energized by God's Holy Spirit and the Spirit of Christ that dwells in believers. We are often perplexed when we see people who are likable, gifted, kind, have all the right stuff, so we think, but they never really accomplished anything with it. You know, anything that I guess we can say is of of normal human value. And I think we have, all of us have people like that in our lives. Sometimes parents, you you have children. One kid's always going to be goofing off when he shouldn't be or, or, you know, kind of a slow starter. (laughs) We're waiting for him to get off the ground kind of thing. And these are perplexing to us because some things seem so simple for everybody. But are they using the measure of faith God gave them in the way he gave it to them in order to be successful? See, that's always the the, uh, missing ingredient or the question factor. Are they doing what God wants them to do? Are they doing it the way God wants them to do it? 
Sometimes we're involved in careers and things of that nature that God never gifted us or assigned for us to do. People often say if you can do something for a living that you really love and get paid for it, you're the most blessed person in the earth. And so we know many times we have to take occupations and jobs out of necessity. But God still has a way for us to be able to use our gifts, talents, and abilities for him by the measure of faith that he has given us. So we we some, sometimes see if people don't really do anything with what their abilities, we have to question where their faith is being placed. What kingdom is your faith residing in? Is your faith being placed in temporal or eternal things? The temporal things, the things of this life are temporary. That means that one day they will evaporate and vanish. Many times the things that we really want to hold on to leave quite more quickly than we want them to leave. Oftentimes what hinders people being successful is not their lack of ability but their lack of faith in God to use them. The temporal will invariably lead to some type of failure, some type of shortcoming. Everything that's of this world is going to run out. But if your faith is placed in God, you have the ability to overcome things that might be failures in this world. I've seen it happen in, in the lives of people where they'll, they'll all of a sudden get a desire to do something else for a living or something like that. Where they've already invested a lot of time and energy in a career or a job that they presently hold. They'll just somehow get a, get a desire to move to something else. And later down the line you look and see that that place started suffering layoffs after they left. People started leaving because the money ran out or there was some hidden plan somewhere that nobody was aware of and and that thing came to an end. And God will spare his children the disappointment of having, you know, the insecurity of just everything dropping out from under you, you know. I'll tell you the hardest time sometimes to grab onto God is when you are in fear of losing something that you, it's just hard to find that. And so sometimes God is moving people and he is adjusting your life. And if you will follow what your faith in God is telling you to do, you'll always wind up on top. You'll be you'll be more than a survivor. You'll be more than an overcomer. Uh, you'll be in a place where where you will survive and oftentimes you're there to make a way for others to make it over too. I think about Joseph and the difficulty he went through in his life you know he was he had a lot of haters around him you know we talk about hater this hater that that boy was hated you hear me if your own kin uh, wants to feed you to the lions I would say you're not liked in your house and so he had difficulty and then when he finally got somewhere he was a slave he didn't have his freedom anymore and, and that was a challenge for him and then at the end of all of his difficulties he finally realized that God had to get me to this place right here where I am at this time because there was a famine coming now the famine was already scheduled 
nobody could see it coming because if you're living in a land of plenty and all the crops are coming up and everything's lush and looks good you're the last person to think a famine's coming so oftentimes when something's going on that God needs to prepare us for or help us to be able to master and overcome it he won't let anybody know but he will start to move people situations and circumstances so that they can have success because God's word still applies to us no matter what the natural surroundings are there are always going to be wars rumors of war natural disasters all of those things will always be but God promises his people that we will not go down to defeat Uh, you know when we walk through the water it won't overtake us you know they're right New Orleans now is in in a very desperate and terrible condition that you know I don't know understand why press people aren't reporting on it they report everything else but you know they rather spend all that time talking about some Olympians who maybe lied to the police or something rather than broadcasting that so those people can get help everybody can everybody in the nation who wants to help them needs to know how what kind of help they need but anyway God's already made provision for people to get victory and he all he has a covenant with his people but he will help others as well and so Joseph was placed in Egypt so that he can save many people alive is what the Bible said God will get in place the people he knows he can trust to, to obey him to do what they're supposed to be in situations so don't be shocked one day if what you're doing and you're comfortable with all of a sudden evaporates and God has to move you I mean that that's just part of what we do as believers so putting our faith in God really causes our gifts and abilities to work as God intended your abilities work flawlessly I'm not saying that you don't make mistakes but when God is when his power is behind your life and he is empowering your gifts and abilities uh, you will you'll have all the gifts of the spirit at your disposal um, you know how many times have you been uh, thinking say you get it at your your desk or you get at work and there's some problem confronts you or maybe somebody a boss or a co-worker comes to you with a problem and all of a sudden uh, something flashes on the inside of you and you get a piece and you know the answer is going to come there now that happens to believers all the time thank God there's believers and people who trust God in the workplace because most of the answers we need would never come if, if we didn't have we we weren't sitting there and know the gifts of the Holy Ghost are going to operate God's always talking to his kids to solve problems so your faith is there number one to solve problems to number one to get you over in God's kingdom and once you're there to work to solve problems that confront humanity God wants everybody to survive he wants everybody to be blessed he wants everybody to be happy but not everybody knows God so he'll work with those who know him and willing to know him and we get other people to get to know him too so in our dealings we are flawless we're faultless and we're blameless through the blood atonement now I know that sounds like a lot but if God's spirit is working with you if there are problems 
he says he'll perfect that which concerns you just keep it up keep hanging in there keep trusting God keep doing what he tells you to do and it will get straightened out I had to learn to tell that to people in the ministry because everybody would get you know upset if something didn't go right I said well God's working on it this is going to work out because we're going to let God have it you know quit complaining and confessing the wrong thing over it let's bless it and thank God for his answer because it's coming our faith in God puts an end to our limitations and deficiencies there are no limitations in the spirit of God your faith has no limitations because it's in God it's not in you anymore but your faith is in God things that were impossible to us in the natural are now possible in God I can remember uh, when when we first started the ministry and, and uh, you know we would we would pray and and I would get concerned about well God you know we we haven't gotten an answer to that yet and and what's going on and and you know it, did you say this and I'd start backtracking trying to find out if I really heard from God and God told me he said listen there's always another road to go down there's always another prayer to pray there's always another scripture to claim there's always another 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 why because his power is unlimited his answers are unlimited the scripture that tells us if we ask anything in his name he'll do it uh, the way it's written the the language that it's written uh, in the 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 Greek is actually an idiom you know you know what an idiom is it says one thing but it means something else uh, like birds of a feather flock together they ain't talking about birds you know what I'm saying so that's what an idiom is and and so the idiomatic translation of that is ask me and if I don't have it I'll create it for you amen uh, I'll get it for you I'll, I'll make it for you it's, it's like you know and if you listen to Jewish people they have a lot of that idiomatic uh, translation and and there's a you know I, I've been around Jewish people all my life in Cleveland there's uh, large Jewish communities and most of them were centered around the universities and stuff and I've spent a lot it's been more than my fair share and then hallowed I the halls but anyway uh, you know and you can pick up understand and they'll say things like ah my brother-in-law can get it for you wholesale and so what that means is that why are you sweating there's a way to get this done you understand it's, I'll get it for you wholesale I got a brother-in-law you know everybody's got a brother-in-law but that's that's their way of expressing no limits to their ability to find answers for things you understand what I'm saying and so as believers we need to keep that in mind because God there are no limits to his ability to get answers to get get prayers answered to get understanding of things to get whatever is needed for the blessing to come into our lives so it's wonderful so it's good to invest your faith in eternal things because they never leave your life whatever God gives you lasts forever he never takes anything from us folks Uh, the devil's the thief okay Satan's the thief the Bible says his middle name is kill steal and destroy man so that's what he does so any stealing that's going on in your life it is the devil and you're entitled to take it back from him in fact the Bible says you can get sevenfold what he's stolen from you man 
You can make him empty out his closet. I'll just hold him up one day and say, Devil, now stop. Just, you know, and give my stuff back. Give me all my stuff. Sometimes you'll even get back stuff you ain't that fond of, but it's yours, so get it. He's got no business with it. So God is not going to let him rip us off no matter what. He works hard to get our stuff back for us. So when we have our, our faith invested in eternity, it causes all your abilities to work at maximum capacity. So you can say when you your faith is in God, you're a full throttle person. Amen. You always got it you got it opened up as wide as it'll go at all times. So since God has given precisely the correct amount of faith to each person, he must have a reason and a purpose in doing so. And his reason is that we would invest it in him. Mark 11, if you'll go there, verse 22, it starts out with have faith in God. How many of you have listened to Brother Hagen over the years and his... I know, yeah. Mark, over your Bibles, Mark eleven twenty-two. I remember some of the uh, preachers I knew that had gone to Rama. They would say, they say we would we would uh, be on the road preaching, and and the camp meeting would come up. Brother Hagen would say, all the former students come to camp meeting. If you miss this, you'll miss miss the rest of your life in ministry. So he shake them up there. They said, and we well, break our necks getting in there, and we'd sit down. The first night he said, Open your Bibles to Mark 11 22. And I said, Oh, no. Same old stuff. But but uh, uh, one of the preachers that I knew, she said she would complain. And she said, God got me one time. And he said, That man is humble. He's humble enough to keep repeating the same teaching over and over again that I gave him to give to people. And my thinking is, they keep giving it because they don't have it yet. God doesn't do anything unnecessarily or redundant for not no reason. I remember another preacher that said that he had been going to camp meetings since he was six years old. Go with his grandmother and his mom. He said we'd pack a lunch and, and we'd go from meeting to meeting. He said and I'd listen to Brother Hagen preach on, on uh, Mark chapter 11. He said for years. And he said after I got to be an adult and started my own ministry I still went he said and I'd heard that sermon so many times he said and one night when I left that meeting I owned that scripture you see what I'm saying so there's a difference between hearing it listening embracing and owning it and he said I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that I was confident in my faith and that I could stand in any place God sent me just on his word and on his say so and so there is a purpose sometimes to repetitiveness in in continuing to preach the same thing I love it because the gospel never changes I don't want anybody to tell me some new gospel or some new twist on uh, something or some new doctrine I'm, I'm trying to work what I've had so far you know and want to get more understanding of that so Mark 11 and verse 22 Jesus said have faith in God so the disciples are marveling at a miracle that's happened Jesus had spoken to a fig tree the day before and already it was withered up and dried up from the roots most people when they walk by trees that are dying you barely notice it until 
you know you want pot basket for for weeks months and years some of them it takes but this one was dead overnight and so Peter remembered that and he marveled at Jesus and Jesus said have faith in God you know he said my faith is not in myself as a human being but it's in the God of heaven that told me to say this and he says for truly I say to you whosoever shall say to this mountain be removed be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things what he says will come to pass he shall have whatever he says so anyway Jesus is saying when you put your measure of faith over into God you you take your faith and believe God with your faith so instead of believing that your job is going to be here forever believe that God will keep you employed no matter where if it's at this job it's great if he gives you the grace to believe for this particular job or this particular situation but your faith is transferable to other situations and sometimes God will shift us and move us just so we don't get caught up in the 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 uh, trap of thinking we're in his faith when we we would have slipped over into the natural a little bit I've heard people say things like and this is just, just kind of a common example uh, I'm believing God for my next job so they're unemployed and they're doing the right thing they're praying God says if you don't work you don't eat so he must have a job for you if you're unemployed he got a job for you somewhere because you, you'll die real soon if you don't eat so he's got to put you to work kind of thing so anyway you know they'll say well okay I'm praying for a job and you know they'll put their little applications in online or oh I got called for an interview oh okay great they said they will have an answer for me soon okay so then time goes by did they call you yet no they said they will have an answer for me soon now what I'm sensing is that they put that application in because of a prayer and believing God for it so their faith was in God when they made the application but when they got into the interview their faith shifted over into man y'all following me or I've lost everybody this is very common to do you can start out in faith in God and then man puts his two cents in and you drop faith in God and you start believing what man told you because when did you want when you prayed and asked God for a job when did you want that job you wanted it that day if you can get it because you ain't working all of a sudden now it's okay for you to wait for them to call you and if God catches you believing them and not him you'll never get a call so you be waiting your best thing is to say God I hear what they say but you get me my job I want it today I want it now call me now this happened to to my nephew not too long ago so I know how it works because I listen 
I've learned a few things in my 30 years. <laughs> I shouldn't have told that a preacher. But I, I know the sound of faith. See, that God told me to learn how to pick these things up so you can help people. If you don't know the sound of faith, you can't help anybody. You can't help yourself. And so I know the sound of faith and I know when it's in God and I know it's in man. I know when it's slipped over because I've run into it so many times. And I told him, I asked him, he had gone to two interviews. They all sounded good. They were excited about him. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I said, well, did you hear anything from anybody? No, they haven't called me yet. I said, why don't you call them? Do something out of the box. Go call them. Do something. So he called, and, and uh, the woman said, well, we didn't, we didn't say anything yet. All this is yet. And I told him, I said, why don't we go back to the drawing board, I said, and just keep believing God for your right job. You know, just say, God, I want my job. I want my job. Thank God for my job. About a week into this process, now the two, he's got two interviews, waiting on a second interview with somebody, had a second interview with somebody, still no, nothing on the table. And I could feel something sliding a little bit. And I said, why don't you start thanking God for your job and tell him you need it now. Just start thanking him. Two days later, somebody new called him for an interview. And he came home for the interview and he said, she offered me the job right there in the spot. He says, the first time that's ever happened to me. You understand me? Have faith in God. Have the God kind of faith. Cash your measure in that you got in the natural and put it over, put all your chips over on the red or the black or whatever y'all playing. I don't know how to reach folks, but I'm trying. But put it, put it all in there. You know, go all in. Because you, your faith will slip and slide from one. All you have to do is, is get anxious about something and some person come and give you an answer. And your faith can easily slide over into what that person is telling you. You got me? And you want to keep it in God because that's where it's going to do you the most good. I've seen people say, well, I, uh, they told me that if I, if I stay at this job, for 12 months I can transfer to another department and I said why would God hold you up like that he can override anybody's rule you understand what I'm saying he's God what do you want and what do you need and see I've seen people get stuck in in jobs that aren't paying them adequately waiting for their chance who told you you had to wait that long for come on now God said ask anything according to his will. If he don't have it, he'll make it for you. He can make you a job in less than 12 months. Come on now. And he can cause people to not. And and that person over a period of time has seen others get transferred much quicker than 12 months. They break the rules for people all the time. They need somebody over in Department B and somebody qualified over in Department A and is a good employee. They'll move them. They make up rules so you don't get too excited. Well, somebody understands it. Huh? But they do. They, you know, all, there are all kinds of rules that can be broken if your faith will do it. If God sees his child and they want something. If you had a kid that was asking for something and you had the ability to give it to him, now you'd give it to him. 
I know you would. Most parents give their kids too much. Because <laughs> you love them. You understand? That's just normal. So God will break rules, bend rules. Rules are made by man. You don't know what God's got in his mind. So he says, you can take your faith when it's put in God. It will move mountains. Huh? If a delay or a time is, is a mountain, God will move it with his faith. So God wants a, a faith investment from us because he expects us to use that faith for his kingdom purposes. Now think about it. Every time you, you miss an opportunity to believe God for something, that means the kingdom doesn't have a chance to manifest. And see, we all want good things in our lives. We all want his kingdom to come. And so uh, I always try to challenge myself and you don't have to invent anything because opportunities to use your faith come all the time sometimes a lot more quickly than you want them to but I always challenge myself to use my faith in God for certain things just to keep it sharp you know just to keep from going dormant or getting bored or not having anything that I'm expecting from God I like to use my faith on a regular basis uh, to challenge myself for things in God everybody knows my story about my starter and my car was going out and all all the boys said you know I got a string of nephews and in-laws and outlaws and you know you start your car up and then sometimes it takes a little longer but it always fired up you need a starter you prophesying over my <laughs> you know I get my cross out my holy water and get back get off my car with your mouth and and uh, that it needed a starter they said it was three years before I got another starter in that car why it's, it's not that I'm cheap my daddy rich but I just didn't feel like I wanted to do it then I felt like my faith was there to keep it going longer and I kept it going longer with my faith in God I guess one day God got tired of me go get a starter right so we, we got us a starter but these are things that you can do to keep your yourself keep your faith in God for the supernatural working of things I can remember ministers would would tell these wonderful testimonies you know well when we got started uh, we we had a faith car we had faith brakes on our car you know the brakes were low and we just used our faith and that car would stop right in the nick of time or something like that and they enjoyed it why because they were in a different realm you know now they get limoed everywhere and you know faith ain't what it used to be and you know that, that kind of stuff and I'm not saying going back go back to a clunker to use your faith there are other things that you can use it for as well you know what I'm saying okay so you get to the point where you can get a real good car and a decent car but there are other challenges in your life too where you can use your faith and you should use your faith in God so God has an assignment for us in an expectation for our faith to be used for certain duties tasks and activities while we're here on earth one of the things that I know he encourages all believers to do that's pray and intercede for people he says pray without ceasing he says everywhere all men should offer a prayer supplications intercessions for all men for all things tells us to pray for our rulers and leaders continually and so these are the things that that God 
encourages us to do with our faith investment. He is highly invested in us and he expects us to use our faith for kingdom purposes. If you were employed with a a certain company and they had given you a laptop computer and they given you an office and they expect you to use them once you're going on there surfing the internet all day for eight hours and then punch out. They expect you to use that equipment for them. And so God is the same way with our faith. He expects us to use our faith for his kingdom purposes. John 10.10 tells us we must be born again. Now that's pretty simple. That means that the first place you use your measure of faith is for your personal salvation so that you can have a relationship with Almighty God. One that's pleasing to Him and beneficial to you. Sinners do not worship. They, they can come in and don't lift up a hand and it's just normal for us to reach up and touch God with, with our worship. Uh, they don't have that. Why? Because they are not using their measure of faith to get in touch with God. So that's the first thing he wants us to do with our measure of faith. You can use it to draw near to God or you can use natural faith and pull away from God. I like to draw near even when I'm in a so-called bad mood or got an attitude or things aren't going well. I've learned how to not try to quit speaking to God like like it's going to really hurt him, you know. But we get that way sometimes, you know. Life hands you some disappointments or uh, you maybe get busy doing things and you don't know how distant you've come from God. So drawing near is investing your faith back into God. When you draw near to him, he draws near to you. And then you can put your faith in God and receive what benefits he has for you. Just the benefit of peace of mind is is great uh, in this world. You know, if you look at television and believe everything you see, to say nothing of the internet and all the stuff that they put on there, uh, you can get pretty discouraged and and pretty uh, doubting that God's really doing anything. So it's good to use your measure of faith first to draw near to God. And drawing near really is investing your faith back into him. Every time you worship God, you're investing your faith back into him. You're telling him, God, I acknowledge you. You are present. You are here. And I want to get close to you and I want to hear what you have to say. So faith draws us close to God. You, you can't get close to him without faith. So we use the measure that we're dealt to stay in constant contact with God by the Holy Spirit that lives in all believers. When we put our faith in God, our talents, our gifts, and our abilities operate at maximum capacity. Some days you might feel not so, you know, like a slug or something. You don't want to get out of bed, but you're God's slug. Amen. So you just lift up holy hands and, and use your faith toward him. It, it'll break you out of that mentality of it's going to be more of the same. and a, Or waiting on certain things forever to make put you in a better mood or uh, to add to your life. You know, the waiting can be enjoyable. Uh, because you're, you're and, and to be honest with you, you need to get to the place where you're not waiting on anything. You're just content where you are. You're full. And faith in God can give you that contentment. 
So our, our talents, gifts, and abilities work full throttle at maximum capacity. I know that everybody's been in that place where you might think you might have a vision or a dream or desire for something and you might think about it for a while you know in your imagination and then all of a sudden something pushes you to say stop you know or makes you quit going on with it you know or or painting a bigger picture or getting more invested in it and that's natural faith the the natural your natural faith always has a limit has an end has a stopping point but if you will commit that thing to God and say God I keep getting this this desire to do this or I get keep getting this sense to do that and make put that before him he will take what faith you have in it and give you a greater endowment of his faith so that that thing will actually come to pass and there will be no limits on the success of it some of the mega churches were birthed out of the word of faith movement because people started to learn how to take the limits off God with their faith they would put their half faith in God that was what they were taught and that's what, what, what they were told and they saw that there was no limit to the increase that God could put into their lives either in their ministries uh, or into their finances their opportunities to to increase and to gain things uh, there, people will find untold I think it was your word of faith you, you guys got oil or something on that property over there see and the, the mother brothers had it for all in years and nobody saw no oil over there you see what I'm saying the hidden treasures of darkness can can be found and can be revealed just by faith in God. There's no limit to what's involved in something that you possess if your faith is in God and you know how to operate in that faith. So I heard the devil was trying to stop you. I think they called off trying to stop y'all from getting that. Yeah, that's good. That's y'all stuff. You should be able to do what you see. That's faith in God. That's how he operates. You didn't know it was there when you found it was there. The devil got mad, tried to stop you from prospering. But God, you just you just stay in the hunt and stay in the race because God God will do it. He, there's no limits to what he he will do. So the the other thing we need to do with our faith is according to Mark uh, chapter 16 verses 17 and 18. And this is something that all believers can do. And the Bible says to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believes not shall be condemned. These are the signs that follow the believers. In my name they'll cast out devils. This is a power ministry. They will speak in new tongues. A supernatural ministry with gifts. They'll take up serpents. If they drink anything, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. Some of those people we see, this is not a permission for people handling snakes to prove their salvation. It had nothing to do with that. And then you know it's not God because they get bit. Nobody can lay hands on them and let them recover. So come on now. That's all, all a hoax and misunderstanding of the scriptures. You know, not rightly dividing the word of truth. But this is a command for all believers. This is really the main reason your faith in God is needed in the earth. This is your main assignment, folks. Your own salvation. That, but after that, 
You have many, many things yet to do in God. And they don't take an ordination and a minister's license and a fivefold ministry gift title to accomplish these. I do, I get sometimes the most gratified. Uh, and that's not to say I don't enjoy what I do here and I don't enjoy preaching and all the stuff I do with believers. But I like somebody praying for somebody in the supermarket, you know, or somebody just at a gas station or something like that, telling them about the Lord, helping them to understand God and, and doing those things. I always tell people I have a second congregation at the hotel where I stay uh, when I'm here because everybody calls me Pastor Barb and I didn't tell them to they just do but if they need prayer somebody's mom was sick she got a prayer cloth and I instructed them on what. If this is so simple to get the gospel across to people but I don't turn off because I said oh do you have a well, where's your church home I care less the church is right here where two or three are gathered together in his name and so we do the works of God because that's what God invested his faith in me for so I can use it to help humanity to know him and get the devil off people's case I hate the devil and I hate what he does to people and so as much as I can do that I do that so we have to invest our faith faith in, in uh, what we're doing to preach, teach and heal that's what Jesus did he preached, he taught and he healed you might think well I don't know enough and I don't know if God will use me he'll use you You just get out there and get available he'll use anybody that's trusting him for now if you're trusting yourself you might as well not even try it but if you're trusting God you know a little prayer I used to pray uh, you know often and, and I should do it more sometimes you slip away from the foundational things that brought you joy but I would say God just use me today I don't care who it is show me somebody needs you somebody I can help you know if I did that every day he'd send somebody every day you understand what I'm saying we just slip away from things but but it's always good to understand that God wants to use you to help people it's wonderful uh, sometimes people say well what do you what do you do I said I said ah oh, you won't like this I said I'm a preacher <gasps> really you know it, it, if, if it's God ordained they'll like it if it, well sometimes it's God ordained they don't like it but yeah whatever it is what it is you know and and so I you know I'll I'll say funny things you know to kind of keep them off balance or something they get honest when they can laugh you know that tension goes away or I'll just tell them I, I'll say you uh, I was walking and there was a man just out of the blue I was in Myers uh, getting something in a hurry as usual and a gentleman walked past me and just complained his back hurt now people just don't say he don't know me you understand what I'm saying and he said oh my back and I, you know you know that to me that's the bell goes off you know this is the one don't get stupid don't keep walking don't blow it you know don't ask for money no I wouldn't do that no y'all wake up and I wouldn't have to tell you old jokes that's always a warning 
but but I I I watched him for a while, and there was a woman that I could tell was his wife, you know, because he was over here complaining, she was over there buying food. I said, oh, they're a couple, and so uh, I told him, I said, you know what? I said, God wants, I guess that God will take that pain away from you. I said, I said, I'm gonna pray for you, okay? And so I saw her. I said, wife, come over here. You know, because I had to touch him. So the wife came over and I said, well, where is it hurting? He said, right here. And I said, wife, you touch him there. I said, I'm going to touch your hand. And so I said, no hanky-panky here. So, you know, they all relaxed and everything. And so as the wife touched him, I told her, I said, you feel that heat? She said, oh, yeah. She said, it's hot. And he said, I feel it. I said, then we're going to pray. And I said, that pain's going to leave you and never come back got me when you when God is working you get as bold as you can get you got me Uh, and I'm not saying get some poor person and yank them out of a motorized wheelchair but the day will come when we can do that without fear you understand there will be an anointing to do that but this was to take pain away and and he said oh I feel and I said well come on now stretch yourself and bend over a little bit I said don't be afraid that he bent over he said it's gone and I said I said praise God I said that's God I said Jesus is a healer he wants you well I said I'll see y'all later you know adios I didn't feel to stay and keep talking sometimes you can talk things out that went in the right way you know so I and about 15 minutes later I saw him at the other side of the he said it's still gone I said yep and it's not coming back either and and so that's how you minister you you go in you do your thing you come out you don't you put your faith in God give God the glory for what's going on but learn how to obey God and obey him quickly you don't have to talk people into letting you pray for them. You don't strive and argue with people. It's easy. The anointing makes it easy. It's like it's God ordained from that very moment. And so these are the things that God, he wants that measure of faith he invested in you, invested back in him so you can do that kind of stuff. And do it regularly. Don't let it be a once in a lifetime thing and, and you don't have any fresh testimony. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we don't want to get stale in God. We want it all to be done right. So God wants to use us to preach, teach, and heal. To share Christ, always exalting the Lord. And God, that's a good return on that faith investment. That's your assignment to do the works of Christ. Your talents are merely a vehicle for your faith. So don't get caught up in you're this, you're that. You know, some, for instance, if you're a people person, you're very friendly and outgoing. And when you find your place in God, you draw people to him and not you. So the gift is the ability to make people feel comfortable, to draw them. But when they come to you... You step aside and let Christ show through. And the first opportunity and open door you get to share Christ with people, you do that. This is the maximum return on God's investment of faith in you because it's him you're representing now and not yourself. People who are are talented and gifted make this mistake all the time. That's why we got like Whitney Houston. 
that died way too young and was miserable most of her life because of drugs Uh, they don't know how to step aside and use that gift for God's glory and I'm not saying you you got to sing at a church all the time I don't know what God tells singers when they get saved but if singing in a church is your refuge for your gift you need to take that way of escape and just come out of the world because you're not going to survive out there you need to use that gift for God we need more anointed singers in the church we need as many able bodies as we can get doing what God wants us to do and living the life God has prescribed for us to live so that faith investment is also to energize not only to energize your gifts and abilities but to protect your life so that you can live a holy a safe and a consecrated life you don't have to die on drugs and you don't have to go back into the world and I think what happens to people is they use their faith in God for a season it's always amazing to me that church is fine to sing in church when you're a kid and you're not that developed you know how church people are we encourage everybody you know and and you know you know when sister so-and-so gets up for the solo it's gonna be a long solo you know or so-and-so gets up it's gonna be good you know what i'm saying but we let her get up and do a long solo because we want to encourage people but it's amazing to me the church is okay when you're small when you get big you blow up all of a sudden God's telling you to go out and minister to this group and that group and you get out there and get beat up and and barely make it back some of the people that have been called to do great things for God have died prematurely because they start getting lured back into the world you know we see it all the time now that we have uh, news that we can grab all the time we see more and more things that were maybe hidden from us in the past we see preachers that die in hotel rooms of a heroin overdose and they've got a church of 10,000 people here's this great success on one hand and then it ends up in failure why because we take that gift talent and ability instead of taking the challenge of faith to develop our faith for greater things in God we start drifting back into the world so you have to be uh, careful when success comes not to let the world reclaim your gifts but to keep your gifts even if God doesn't use you for a long season and this is sometimes what discourages people and this is what lures them back into the world they get tired of waiting get tired of being on the shelf not being seen not being acknowledged and if you think about it that's what got Lucifer in trouble he said I will exalt my throne above God's and so when you're waiting on something there's a reason for it you're being developed and you're being developed in the secret place where God can have full control and full authority over your life and what you do and so it's a good thing to be in that place of waiting and being that place of of meditating before God uh, respecting God and letting God see that you are willing and you are agreeable to his plan he wants people that he can and count on and if if you withstand the test of that waiting period then and you master it then God is assured that his investment will pay off for him he can trust you in the good times the bad the down times the high times the not so high times he trusts you every way around and that's the kind of person you want to be it's worth it to wait on God
So we must live a life in covenant with God. Romans 1.17 tells us, tells us that. It says the just shall live by faith. Justified people have to trust God. And that's really the essence of faith. The essence of faith is total trust in God. Not partial but total trust in God when you totally trust God there are things that will happen in your life you can weather those storms you can do the things God wants you to do and you'll still be faithful to God you don't get angry and walk away because you don't have what everybody else has that's one way the devil messes with people's heads all the time is to get them comparing what they have with what other people have and so God has what God has for you is for you he's got it stored up in glory and if you ever want to check it out he'll give you evidence that he's got stuff for you you'll look in the word and you'll get total peace about something or you'll pray about something and you get a sense that it's on the way and that God heard you and that's the other side of your personal faith it will reassure you at all times that God is for you and he's not against you and so this is the great thing about faith it keeps you connected with him at all times no matter what happens you know you've got him as a friend Uh, he doesn't ever have to shortchange you in order to bless somebody else Uh, if you have to make a sacrifice so that somebody else can get blessed know that God will certainly repay you and increase and multiply it and your faith is what tells you all these things are true so when when uh, uh, we have faith in God we're justified people that means that there's nothing we need to fear we're not short on anything we're not being disobedient in anything so we we just know that God is there with us at all times so when we use our measure of faith and trust and have confidence that God loves us and he cares for us that's more than anything that you can buy once you know he loves you and you, he won't fall out with you over your shortcomings. He'll help your shortcomings. Uh, that, that's a great, great feeling. And that's what faith in God does. It's more of a personal reassurance that you don't have to struggle to measure up. You don't have to struggle to please him. Uh, one thing I can say about the Holy Spirit living in you, he doesn't move out. You know what I'm saying? You'd have to go real far. He, before he'll move out of you, he'll take you home early. You know, and that's what happens to some people who are grossly disobedient. But you're not those people. You're the people who are going to endure with God until the end. You're going to stand tall in God. And you're going to use your faith, not your talents. Talents come and go. In the parable of the talents, we see that people who didn't use their talents but hid them got uh, got the talents taken away. But those who used their talents, no matter how small or how great, were given more talents by God. So he increases your ability to do things, to hear, to speak, to say. Some people are, are writing books and teaching today that never had an inclination to do it, never thought they wanted to, and didn't think they were going to be successful at it. Why? They used their faith in God, and God led them into that next level of accomplishment in Him. <clears throat> so there's no limit to what God wants to do. He wants that faith investment to prosper us, 
and to work for him we don't have to try and keep up with what our neighbor is getting or doing because your faith in God keeps you focused on what's real for you it helps you you are 100% entertained by God's personal promises to you if you'll get your faith totally focused in him so it's a good life and, and you are assigned uh, work to do for God with that measure of faith so if I can encourage you to do anything I would encourage you to keep Keep believing God. If you understand some things about God right now, seek to know more. Seek to understand more. Because God, there's no limit to what he will do in using us. No limit to what he will do in blessing us. And no limit to what he will do in other people's lives because of us. Because we got our faith invested in him. Amen. So why don't we stop. Father, we thank you for allowing us understanding is just what you're doing with us faith is a spiritual force and we thank you for all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ Jesus and we love you and we honor you today Lord in Jesus name amen and praise God if anybody needs prayer come on up and I'll pray with you before we 